Blog Talk Radio. Janice, you now have to leave with Ashlyn. Great. Well, hello. How hey, are you? Hi there, to the both of you. This is such That's a my mother's sweet. name, so I love that name. Oh, gosh, isn't that sweet? I feel extra special right now. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, both of you are not only are you very attractive people, uh, you're very smart and talented. Well, let's face it, Ashlyn. Well, <laughs> definitely, most definitely. So, and you, and you both are ocean advocates and explorers. Uh, so you're here to talk about June 8th being World Ocean Day. Now, what exactly is World Ocean Day, and how can we, if we are land lovers, how can we celebrate uh, World Ocean Day? Well, you know, World Ocean Day was established because the poor ocean usually gets the back seat, um, which is so sad when it comes to our planet, because 70% of our world is covered by the ocean. And if anybody likes to drink water, eat food, or breathe air, they need to thank the ocean. Um, but many times, like I said, the ocean gets left out of the conversation or really just completely forgotten about. So World Ocean Day is just a celebration of, of everything amazing that the ocean does for us and a reminder of how we're all connected to it. Even if we live in the middle of a country, in the middle of the desert, the ocean affects us every moment. And the ocean is so beautiful. I love looking at video of huge, scary waves, but it's just so beautiful just to look at. But, it's, it's so true. As long as peaceful, we're all connected to the ocean. We, have salt. we all have salt in our veins. So, um, you know, the, the ocean is where we came from, and the ocean, as Ashley said, is, is the life support system of this planet. So we don't matter to all of us. Now, Philippe, I understand that you are from the world-famous Cousteau family. I grew up watching Jacques Cousteau. Who didn't grow up watching him if we were old enough? Now, are you the grandson or great-grandson? Grandson. Uh, the grandson. Oh, my goodness. It's, it was just such a thrill in our house to just see those Jacques Cousteau specials and such. And now, you know, the two of you are carrying on the, the legacy and the work. And uh, just, just so wonderful to see both of you continuing on like this. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I'd like to remind people that, you know, my grandfather invented scuba diving in the 1940s. and It's really only been since then, so, you know, 75-plus years since we have been exploring the ocean beneath the surface, right? We've crisscrossed the waves for millennia, but exploring beneath the surface is relatively new for humanity. And in that time, we've, we've learned so much about the ocean, not only how important it is, but, you know, how much it's, you know, it's in trouble from all of our activities, from overfishing and pollution to, you know, things like climate change that, you know, fundamentally is an ocean problem. And it's also crazy to think, too, that in, you know, really just those, like, 70, 75 years ago, um, Jacques also invented like underwater cameras, mm -hmm. and and then the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau was was truly took people on an adventure and showed showed humanity what a dolphin swimming around looked like, coral what sharks shark looked like, you know what a coral reef sounded like, yeah. and and I think it's we're also used to kind of knowing everything today, and and you know our cell phones have more power than the first computer that put like a man on the moon. So we're so used to just knowing everything, but, but truly back then it was such a discovery. And also what's exciting is 
we don't know, we still don't know much, we still don't know everything about our ocean. So it is still a state, it's still a place of wonder and exploration and, and there's still creatures that, that we've never seen and, and, and hopefully we will see them at some point. I have to throw this in really fast because it's one of my favorite videos to watch. Uh, you know, the, the, you guys maybe probably have been there where these two, two oceans do not blend together. Is, is it an ocean and a sea? And they it's like this perfect divide where the salt water doesn't mix with the regular water. I think I'm probably explaining it wrong. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, what's fun to remember, which I think is so fascinating, is, you know, we all grew up talking about the ocean, the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Southern, you know, the Indian Ocean, but truly it's all one connected ecosystem, right? So we really only have one ocean on Earth, but where those currents and different salinities meet and, and even different colors of water meet, yes. it, it, is, it can be quite different, and seeing that, like, line is so fascinating. Yeah, it's, there's so much that we still have to learn, and that's a phenomenon that we see in lots of different places around the world. And I've never been diving off Dubai, but I have been diving in, in the Red Sea uh, many, many times nearby, and and uh, it's and the Indian Ocean, of course, with Ashland has too. And there's so much still left to explore and understand. I think that's it's part of the, the mystery and the magic that we have to remember about the ocean as well. That we haven't figured everything out, and and the ocean's in trouble. It is also a resilient amazing place that, that when we work with the ocean, when we support the ocean, um, the ocean supports us and, and we can build a thriving, hopeful future together. Now, what exactly is EarthEcho.org? So that's, a, you know, talking about hope. There's a lot of bad news on the headlines, but one of the things that we really look forward to every day is our work with EarthEcho. So 15, 16 years ago, I founded an organization that's become a, a leading global environmental education group that work with young people around the world, leadership, resources, curricula, tools, um, because we know that, that there's a new generation out there that is fired up, cares about the ocean, cares about these issues, and is, um, is leading us towards a thriving, hopeful future. And, and EarthEcho is all about building that community and supporting that movement to restore and protect the ocean. That's what we do every day, and, and it's the, the best part of our, of our work. Now, I can only imagine, and this well, we've got five whole minutes here, but I can only imagine the, the beauty and the fascinating creatures that you both have seen on your uh, underwater dives so far. What's been the most memorable creature or artifact or what, what have you seen underwater that just sticks with your mind? I think for, for me, a location that I just thought was so incredible was we were able to go diving in uh, Bikini Atoll, which is where the United States did all of our nuclear testing during the Cold War. We actually set off 20, 30 nuclear bombs on these, of course, beautiful, pristine island chains. Uh, and, and, and the one, the largest blast, Casa Bravo, it actually vaporized things for, for almost seven miles out, it killed everything. Oh, and we went back almost 60 years to the day. And I, we didn't know what to expect. And when we went into the water, we were surrounded by about 60 or 70 gray reef sharks. Oh, uh, oh. There, were, there were fish that were the size of German shepherd. There were giant clams that were a couple feet across. The coral was beautiful. The color was beautiful. And it just proved to, to me personally I always knew that nature could, you know, could rebound and, and, and regenerate itself, but it, it wasn't until I actually dove 
there that I saw it with my own eyes. And, and it was still, to this day, it was one of those moments where it changed, it changed my life. Also, I came face-to-face uh, in, um, in Mexico with a gigantic female uh, great white shark, and she swam right up to me, looked me in the eye. At that point, I realized, oh, sharks have pupils. That's interesting. And, and she scanned me, and we had this moment. And that was also a, a, something that changed my life forever, and I, I always wanted to, to save sharks after, after that moment. She was just a beautiful underwater like a gigantic submarine, but underwater, she looked like a ballerina. Yeah, I would say I, I agree that the experience in um, Bikini, the Marshall Islands, filming nuclear sharks for Discovery, where, you know, as Ashley said, we did all that nuclear bomb testing. But then, because of the radiation, people left, and we left that place alone for 60-plus years. Mm-hmm. And so it essentially became a reserve. And in that time, nature was able to bounce back. And so we've seen that in Indonesia. We've seen it in Mexico. We've seen it all over the world where hey, if we give the ocean a break, it has this amazing ability to renew and restore itself. And so one of the important tools in our arsenal is, um, and what we're actually working on, you know, we're leading the global youth um, uh, campaign with Earth Echo on, on what's called 30 by 30, which is to protect 30% of the ocean by 2030. Because we know that the ocean is our biggest ally fighting climate, the climate crisis. And if we set critical parts of the ocean aside, and just let them restore and recover that they will. And it's a, um, it's, a, it's a powerful tool in our arsenal, one that we have to implement, and young people are leading the way. You know, you guys, I'm sure, remember this. Uh, I forgot what part of Italy. It was during the pandemic when it kind of first started, and the, the ocean life just started coming back. And, and the water just, yeah. when the tourists stopped coming, it just automatically, all the ocean life mm-hmm. just returned. It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we saw it in Biscayne Bay off Miami where you saw, you know, the water clear up, you know, within a few months and you saw turtles and you saw sawfish and, you uh-huh. know, things coming right to shore and you saw the manatees thriving. And so, um, yeah, it's just it's all those reminders that when we work with nature and give it a break, um, it could be a, it, it can renew itself and be a powerful, again, really powerful island. We need healthy ocean ecosystems like seagrass and kelp and mangroves that, you know, sequester far more carbon than terrestrial forests. We need, you know, healthy fisheries to be able to continue to feed people, continue to have livelihoods and fishermen around the world. And so, you know, we need these systems intact in order to have hope for a future. And, um, and again, the good news is that even the ones that are that are degraded when we when we come together and, and help restore them, they, they can bounce back. Yeah, and, and we don't want people to think that we have to shut down the world and shut down the economy to, yeah. to make nature thrive. We don't need to do that. It was just it was a nice reminder to see how connected and how close we were mm-hmm. to nature. But, but what we do need to do is we just need to work in tandem with nature and again protect these biological hotspots, these very special places and in, in the world. And then, you know, and then we can enjoy the, the, the fruits of those because uh, fish don't know boundaries. So they'll swim wherever they want. So even if we close off some of these very specific areas and make them marine protected reserves, the fish will just, you know, the, the, the biodiversity will just swim. And, and we'll actually, if we fish less, we'll be able to catch more fish, if that makes sense. So we just need to be smarter with how we work with nature. I totally agree. It seems like the oceans are kind of like the human body, as our doctors have told us 
in many cases, our bodies will know what to do. They will heal itself if you put the right liquids and foods within. And it seems like the ocean is the same way. You've just given time, let it alone, and it knows what to do. Well, absolutely. You know, even in a place like Vegas, even in the desert, you know, <laughs> look at what's happening in Lake Mead, right? Yeah. The droughts that we're seeing and the issues around the Hoover Dam, et cetera. Um, those are all related. Those are all ocean issues at the end of the day. The ocean drives our climate. So yeah. even in a place like Las Vegas, the ocean matters. And what we do in terms of our consumption of, you know, of products and chemicals and energy and all of that has an impact on, on the ocean and that's an impact on us no matter where we are. And so it's just really important to remember that um, even in the middle of the desert, uh, you know, the ocean matters stuff. And we are in the middle of the desert. But anyway, it's still beautiful. Uh, I would love to meet both of you. If you ever come this way, please let us know. Absolutely. I would definitely love to meet you. We will do that 100%. We will indeed. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Felipe and Ashlyn, and for all the work that you're doing. And we will recognize World Ocean Day and celebrate it. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Okay. Really, really do. Okay. Take care then. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, darling. Okay. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.